BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 41. If you want a chameleon... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, young and old, here and there, welcome back. This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the Well, bear with me, my friends. Bear? No, 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 not that kind! Not that kind! Oh, God! And the Oscar goes to... No, but for real, I love The Revenant. I love... Uh, you know, people just reduce that movie to the bear mauling scene. Man, Leo acts the shit out of that movie. And every shot acts the shit out of that movie. I fucking love it. I find that movie relaxing. Everyone else gets all, Oh, how disturbing. I'm freezing to death in the great north and and wilderness of America in the earliest time of settlement. And I'm dealing with horrendous conditions. Bunch of losers. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's brutal, but um, brutal survival nature movies, I kind of dig them. Anyway, my dear friends, y'all might be wondering at this moment, well, now, now hold on a sec, now hold on a sec, Alex, before you get all hoity-toity and uptity-puppity and topsy-turvy, 
and higgledy piggledy. Uh, wh- wh- what the fuck happened? Why don't you have a uh, cold open? We are accustomed to a cold open. And then we hear the great Inca Rose's music. And then we hear you do your little introduction spiel. What the hell happened? Well, I should be so honored if any of you are actually thinking that. Most of you might be just going, uh, okay, uh, I'm still waiting for something cool to happen. Uh, you know, I, uh, I couldn't come up with one, folks. I could not come up with one. On top of that, I am late. Late! You're late, Mr. Rogers. I, I, I was trying, I was trying. I was trying, you see. So, well, I'm suddenly becoming Donald Pleasance. I, I tried to get here, but my ride, it was gone. It was gone. The great evil was gone. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, consider this a, a, a slapdash put together cold open, my friends. I try. I really try. I really, I've been trying, Joanne, but you just won't give me a chance to be the man of the house. I'm uh, sorry, I don't know where. <laughs> you know, folks, I'm. This is me making up for the fact that I just couldn't come up with a well-written, well-edited cold open, and I take a bit of pride in that too. I take a bit of pride in making some uh, written comedy bits that I voice and engineer, and surprise you with all. Well, this is this big surprise. I don't have that one, and I won't be moaned that much longer, but I have one more apology to make right here. I uh, just do not have um, any uh, mic stand right now. I'm, I'm, everything is just uh, kind of breaking around me. My mic stand, I, 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 I tried to just elevate it and then snap, and then that means I can't use that, which means... Uh, can't really use the pop filter, so I'm popping away on this mic. I'm holding it in my hand, folks. It looks like I have some glow-in-the-dark corn on the cob right now, and I'm standing at attention. Not at ease, but at attention in my room, and uh, in the crib, rather. Oh, I'll get to you, baby. Don't you worry. But uh, yeah, the uh, this is uh, an unusual show. But I hope we have a fun time anyway. And again, I am so sorry for the plosives. I'm going to be very careful, if I can, with my B's and my P's and my other little uh, popping consonants. Yeah, I just stopped there for a second. I was like, what's the other thing besides a vowel? What's the other thing besides a vowel? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I'd like to buy a consonant. Uh, that's not how we play this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to get the fuck off the set. No, 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 no. Pat Sajak wouldn't say that. And some of the younger listeners are saying, what's a Pat Sajak? Well, folks, this has been a, a, a very busy last few weeks. And uh, again, I apologize for the lateness. I apologize for the less than uh, stellar quality of this recording, and uh, I apologize for no cold open. I apologize to you, and to you, 
And to you, Mrs. Milligan. Don't think I ever forgot about you. And, uh, well, I hope you certainly accept that all and roll with me into the next punch. So, uh, last few weeks, been very busy at Wild 7. You will now find on Storyscapes, one of our really, really fun podcasts that I'm quite honored to be uh, a part of and voicing. And uh, this is um, a series of short stories, uh, many authors that you've heard of, maybe some you haven't heard of. And I narrate them, and I and a team of others on various stories, each one of us helms it, and we take over, and we create a sound design in which you feel like you're hearing a movie in your mind. And that's certainly the hope that we have with uh, Storyscape. So there's a lot more. Um, coming out of Halloween month, we dropped a bunch of Poe. We have uh, some really good Edgar Allan Poe stories to check out. So I do highly recommend if you want to keep the extension of the scary season going. I know I do. October is just where I kick it up a notch, but I love me some horror all throughout the year. Not real horror, folks. Genre horror. You know that monsters scare me less than, like, debt or cops or uh, prison or wars or uh, COVID or, you know, like, real-life scary shit. Um, <laughs> I ooh, I don't like scary movies. I I don't like monsters. They, they're just so scary. You mean things that don't actually exist? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. How, how about the, the country in which you live? Oh, that, I can't talk about that. Then we'll really start getting scared. So beyond the podcast, what else? Oh, gosh, guys, uh, please check out Amigas. This is April Mendoza's uh, series that she has written and directed. A telenovela para la gente del mundo. This is a really funny and passionate and dead-on accurate, I believe, and, my, and mind you, my my previous consumption and knowledge of telenovelas was quite limited, but friends of mine who are deep down on the telenovela scene who are checking this out, they say it's pretty dang accurate. And wow, I, I always did want to be in some sort of soap opera medium. Truthfully, like, like you hear me talk a lot of shit here, folks, but no joke, I would love to be part of a soap opera. And more importantly, I want to be in a telenovela because hablando en español es mejor, es más poderoso, más romántico, más loco, más que bueno, señores y señoritas. All right, I'll I'll go back to uh, English. I hope that I hope that was all right. And for any grammatical error, lo siento. So um, I don't know why I became like Hal Nine Thousand back there. If I if if he had become uh, I don't know like extra sedated. Well, he does get extra sedated. He gets disconnected and has a 
mental meltdown, right? And then he dies. Well, I spoiled a bit of 2001 A Space Odyssey for y'all, but come on, check out that movie, folks. Um, anyway, gee whiz, can you, can you just stay focused? Never. I will never stay focused, but I promise you I will always take you there. Uh, all right, let's talk about this week and um, what I was uh, watching. There has been an early release of Paul Thomas Anderson's current film, Licorice Pizza. <clears throat> let's say that again without my voice going, eh, sorry folks, I'm also coming out of very dodgy sleep. I'm coming from work uh, tonight, and uh, the voice is also not feeling that golden. But uh, I want to talk about this because, gosh darn it, I've kept y'all waiting way too long. It's it's my duty and my honor to uh, present to you this show. So I saw Licorice Pizza. There you go. And to cut to the chase, I'm going to say I had a really fun time. It was really sweet. And I don't think I'm into sweet. Not in movies. And certainly not what has often been presented to us as sweet, which is a little glossed up and glossed over and glitzed up and glitzed out sometimes. But this was a genuinely fun movie about young love and opportunity and a time that we'll never know again and lovely colors and fun music and really hilarious dialogue and I had a blast and you know what's funny is I don't think a couple years ago you would have seen me enjoying a hangout movie with all around pretty like pleasant people even with their quirks you kind of think I, I no, I'd like to hang out with these people in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and what I wanted to talk to you all about today is how this is I I have I have loved and also been out of the hype and been feeling left out of other Paul Thomas Anderson films. Okay, that sentence came out weird. Let me try it again. Some of his titles, I have a near religious fervor of love for, truthfully. Some of my favorite films ever made are by Paul Thomas Anderson, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And some of his films also left me going, wait a second, I, I I was your biggest fan. Oh, God, those are such stupid words. Catch yourself, folks, like I just did right now, if you find yourself going, I was your biggest fan. <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> no, let me, let, me, let, me, let me back it up here. So this is his ninth movie, Licorice Pizza. And I've been watching his movies since Boogie Nights came out. Now I was damn young to be watching Boogie Nights and I wasn't I didn't actually see it in the theaters. I caught it a few years later on VHS because well, again, I was a young boy <clears throat> on the very fresh side of teenagehood when that movie came out. And 
I I loved Boogie Nights, scared the fuck out of me, and delighted the hell out of me, as that movie should. And um, then I saw what did I say? You know, the next one I caught was Punch Drunk Love. A couple years later, I hadn't seen Magnolia yet. And I hadn't seen his first movie, and to honor the director, I shall call it by how he intended it, Sidney. So these first four movies, I got to know all of them by the close of, you know, like 2002. And I think that was the year... Sorry, folks. Gosh, this voice. You've been through a lot, haven't you? What if I just talked like this the whole time? I could just, you know, do this vocal fry and just go, okay, um, (laughs) boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, um, the first four titles, (laughs) this is such a mess of an episode, (laughs) god damn it, I'm falling apart here, I'm like, uh, Dustin Hoffman in, uh, midnight Cowboy. She is sitting on the bus. My legs hurt. My face hurts. My butt hurts. And if that ain't bad enough, I gotta pee all over myself. Um. <laughs> God, this is so unprofessional. I'm whole. I'm holding this mic. I'm. I'm making all kinds of freaking sound sins here with my plosive consonants. I'm. Not maintaining my point as usual. My cheese, that point came out bad. I'm so sorry about your ears, folks. I'm not maintaining a point, and um, and I'm just utterly out of my depth. I can't even do a proper send up to one of my favorite directors here. All right, Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson. If you ever hear this, my gosh, that that'll be that'll be the day. No, that would be amazing. I should be so honored. And and gosh, if you're just patient enough to get through this muck and swill of nonsense, sir, all the more salute to you. So what happened, my friends, is I was very much into his movies by the close of like the mid-2000s. That's a strange way of putting it. There's no closing in the middle of a decade, right? Well, there is now, because I opened and shut a door. So around 2006-ish, 2007-ish, getting into that, I'm having really deep connections to Magnolia, and I would need another episode to describe that movie and what it means to me. But At that time, Magnolia was my number one favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film, and quite frankly, my favorite film of all time. And then he comes out with a movie that I can't believe I loved even more. And that was There Will Be Blood. Now, There Will Be Blood, what a great title. I remember in like 2005, because I at this point was thinking, whoa, this guy, Paul Thomas Anderson, he has four movies. I like all of them. Who is this guy? What's his next project? And I see that he's doing something with Daniel Day-Lewis. And I, you know, what what can I say that already hasn't been waxed poetical and jizzed philosophical all over him? Um only to say that as as a uh, 
as a voice man myself, I love the fact that this guy usually looks and sounds utterly, completely different per movie. And by the way, last time I looked, that is the definition of an actor, or certainly one of them that I sometimes feel like a machine overlooks. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You don't get DDL, Daniel Day-Lewis, to play the same role every movie. Now, some people do that very well, and I love a lot of those guys. But if you want a chameleon, a dude who shapeshifts in every movie he's ever made, he's never played the same character twice, truly. He, Bill the Butcher, was already iconic as fuck from Gangs of New York. And then he does something which type-wise you could almost think is the same because it's him and his greatest co-star ever, his mustache, chewing up the scenery, but it's a whole different beast. And with There Will Be Blood, you get an oil prospector story that is as terrifying as The Shining. And no, there's no supernatural stuff. But I will say, the taking of oil from the bowels of the earth and the madness that that brings on and the Johnny Greenwood score and how we visually depict the getting of oil, there is a monster in that. Now, again, I speak metaphorically. You're not going to see any, you know, actual sci-fi creature there. But there is a beastly horror going down all throughout There Will Be Blood. Now, some people have called that movie a downer. Some people think that... I, I all, Some people have got some stupid fucking opinions about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Think what you will. Think what you will. I love it. It's truly... There were a couple years where I would have told you before you could finish the sent the finish the question of what is your favorite moo and I would say there will be blood, there will be blood, closely followed by Magnolia, followed just behind with Boogie Nights. So, as a young man does, I really pedestalized and put. Paul Thomas Anderson in this God category and Daniel, Daniel day Lewis. And I, what you do, unfortunately, when you're a young person or not just young, all ages do this. I'm just becoming finally aware of it. Love your heroes, love the work they're doing, but they don't owe you there will be blood part two. 
Now, that's what I thought he owed me when he came out with his next movie, <clears throat> excuse me, The Master. And I was down with that title, and it seemed really cool, and, and I had, you know, gathered that there was, it was going to have Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it was, I, I even heard that there was sort of There Will Be Blood vibes to it, like he was going to kind of keep that Johnny Greenwood strings and dissonance and strangeness, and one of my favorite things about There Will Be Blood is there are, the, the title promises you exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be violence. But what's fun is watching that shit boil and boil and grow and grow. And then just when you can't stand it, there's a big explosion of something. Be it a geyser of oil or a bludgeoning action. Uh, there, there's, there's some really, really punctuated moments of action as well. Like, and, and not for nothing, too. The movie is just following the character of Daniel Day-Lewis, but it also does have a plot. Like, it feels like, I, when I watch that movie, I get a real sense of where we began, where we're going, and how we ultimately end. It feels complete. I mean, if, I, if someone said, hey, I found some missing scenes of that, I'd be curious. But when I watch that movie, nothing feel, for me feels like we're missing something. Um, then the master comes out and I was left really strangely disappointed. And the problem about anyone else, you go, eh, it was all right. But I had just made Paul Thomas Anderson into God level. I had made him too, too big that anyone I think ever won, anyone ever really wants to be asked to be made into. And it was also before I was doing more creativity for myself. <clears throat> and one thing I've noticed is if you're a film nerd, or if you're a nerd about anything, it's good to dabble in it even on a hobby level. Because I'm telling you folks, if you even try to make one good short film, and I mean a good one, not the one that's like, oh, look, we made it, and then I'll get credit for having completed it. I mean a fucking great idea that is edited well, that flows well, that is acted well, and that does well. If you, and, and I'm not saying you have to have done that, but in pursuit of trying that, you'll have a brand new appreciation for everyone trying to make the movies that they make. Even though there's a lot of times where I feel like, no, this was clearly a, a clumsy adventure that was owned by the money holders and it had absolutely no passion behind it. Now, that will never be the case, at least I certainly hope not, for Paul Thomas Anderson. This guy is so in charge of his own visions and it appears that no one is you know trying to put a stranglehold on his output he is so individually him that he has become more and more an individual which is indeed i think most likely the path of the artist and i couldn't at the time accept that the next movie would 
not only be not as good as There Will Be Blood, but in my opinion at the time, just not, it was his worst movie up to date. And then the next movie, Inherent Vice, which just, I laugh about that now because now I have an appreciation for it. Why? Well, again, this daring, amazing, I think Daniel Day-Lewis said, the mad, beautiful head of Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't know why I made Daniel Day-Lewis sound like a beetle. <laughs> Daniel, will you, would you come out of retirement and play John Lennon? We'd love it. Um, but uh, there's... Uh, Actually, no, he would be George, Right? If you get Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis to play a Beatle, he would be George. It's those eyebrows, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't uh, appreciate Inherent Vice because I hadn't read any Thomas Pynchon. And I must say, now I laugh about it because I have now read Thomas Pynchon. And until you read him, you're kind of left out of the joke. So now I laugh my ass off that Paul Thomas Anderson sicked upon the public who they're used to something with like a cocaine fast, very, you know, tied together and giving you a complete sense of masterpiece boogie nights. And then this 70s movie, which just kind of is a pot cloud that doesn't know what it's doing. The characters don't know who they are. We don't even really know what we're trying to look for anymore. And that's exactly what a Thomas Pynchon story, at least in my one experience, having now read Gravity's Rainbow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Listen up, people. I read Gravity's Rainbow. Every godforsaken page I read in this year of our Lord, 2021. Oh yes, my friends, I've read Gravity's Rainbow. So no, while I haven't read Inherent Vice to see how that book compares to the movie, I'm now aware of Pinchon Universe and how he uh, weaves his worlds. So now when I watch Inherent Vice, I'm going, oh shit. Yes, I, I think... I think PTA, as we have often called him, Paul Thomas Anderson, he's the only guy who could have brought Pinchon to the screen. The thing is, at the time, I had no association with it, and I was, again, too attached to his older ways in his previous films. When you get hooked on the flow and vision and movements that are, <clears throat> again, excuse me, that are Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and, um, and, and for me, Punch Drunk Love, a lot of people I thought missed out on the joy of that movie. I fucking love it. Uh, and then There Will Be Blood. When you're used to that kind of, I think, sort of uh, immediacy, I've never done cocaine, but it does sort of drug cinema-wise have that kind of ferocity feel, a little more, hey, kind of thing going on. And he's, I would say, tonally, the master onwards, he's doing something different. And at first, I couldn't get into it. And I'll even say, in general, I still prefer the older ways. 
But I'm no longer a younger man who is now feeling betrayed by his hero. And, you know, if I thought the master wasn't, you know, doing something for me, I thought at the time that inherent vice was just an utter insult. (laughs) Because I was so bored and confused. And I usually like being lost, but I felt like in that movie I was supposed to be following something because I just couldn't be engaged in it, and it just frustrated the fuck out of me. But this is very enjoyable to say now because I feel like you grow with time. And you know what I really want to rewatch now? Because the neck, then I saw Phantom Thread, and you can imagine me, folks. I, I love There Will Be Blood too much. Like, I I loved that movie a little too much. So now, the same director and actor team, PTA and DDL, they're going to do it again. And even though I went trying to have an open mind, all of my past attachments demanded, even on a subliminal, sub-rosa level... Give me There Will Be Blood Part 2. Come on, it's you two again. Give me the goods. Will they do something utterly different? And as I... You know what's great, guys? As I'm saying this out loud to you right now, I'm suddenly so hungry to watch that movie again. Because it's not There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood is There Will Be Blood. Phantom Thread. It's still a strange movie. And, and I was about to say but, but I'm not into but, well, I mean but, but I'm not into the conjunctive of that. I'm into and. And uh, there is a new thing going on, which I, I was very lucky, very privy, uh, with my friend Fernando Ramirez, by the way, who I saw Licorice Pizza with. We got to see Paul Thomas Anderson speak at this... Um, seminar thing where he talked about his writing process oh god I, I just said the words I hate what's your process well he he was talking about his habits and his practices of writing and he mentioned that starting around the master and especially getting you know I'd say the master onwards so we're talking the master inherent vice phantom thread and now I would say licorice pizza although just to give it some context, when we saw him at this writer's uh, seminar thing, he was, um, I think he had just wrapped up Inherent Vice. So some of those now current films hadn't come out yet. But he said at the time that he no longer was, well, I don't know about no longer, but what really interested him now was following the characters not worrying about a plot that they had to fulfill, but just see what they wanted to do. And that is, for me, the sort of defining difference between where you come from with There Will Be Blood, which I think is, the movie is Daniel Day-Lewis, and yet what he does, I think, hits those plot points. Where the master, you especially especially mid movie onwards, if you're not open to it, you might like me have these agitations of going, okay, 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 but but what, what's going to happen? What's the big payoff? Right? There's got to be some big moment. Are are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna attack each other? Are they gonna fuck each other? What's going to happen? 
However, again, just letting go. And I don't know, because guess what? That's that in some ways, in some ways, how like life, right? We, we often, when we know other people, we've hung out with them. We've seen them go into a couple rooms. We've seen them do this and that. We've very rarely seen people do like, and then he took down this person, actually did physical feats of glory or violence or sexuality, conquest things. No, sometimes we're just in and out of each other's lives. And anyway, this all culminates back to Licorice Pizza, which I don't want to give too much away because I also was lucky to see this early. Some of y'all who are hearing this upon the dropping of this episode... You, you might find yourself in a position in which you'll be like, well, God damn it! now that I'm hearing it, I, I have to wait till it's given a mainstream release. <clears throat> I happen to catch it at this little private screening. And no, it's not like they said, Alex Rogers, would you like to come up? It was just something that, again, smart friends like mine, Fernando Ramirez, knew how to look for and uh, got us in. So... um. It was, it was a great experience, and I'm happy to say that another thing that helped me, because, because post my church idolization of There Will Be Blood, there's been three PTA films that just, I, they, they didn't do it for me at the time. So as such, that gave me actually a new kind of experiential confidence in going into this movie. I just let go and I said, you know what? No expectations. None whatsoever. Neither good nor bad. And you know the vibe you get when you see the trailer and when you see the posters is it does look like a kind of fun 70s remember our youth hangout movie. And it's great, guys. I had a fucking blast. The, we all as an audience laughed our asses off too. And I don't think you'd necessarily even strictly classify this as a comedy, the way we kind of conventionally have had to know that genre. Oof, and my annoyances and and tragic feelings about comedy as a as a genre is, is to be saved for another time. But yeah, my friends, I guess through this big collision of an episode, I just wanted to talk about how nice it was to see that a man who I consider a storytelling hero has been doing things that while I might go, well, I miss some of the older stuff, it doesn't make me right. And I, at the same time, really respect and see that he becomes interested in different things as he goes. Sometimes he wants to get fucking crazy and punishing. Sometimes he wants to get really sweet and lovable. And sometimes he wants to be just vague and strange and and dagnabbit. Ain't we all of that? I'm I'm actually thinking this talking to you all right now. I realize, wow, what a generous offering of so many different dishes by this man. Not the least was Jesus Christ. Come on, say the words right. Not the least of which, licorice pizza. That's a dish right there. 
Well, my friends, I hope this was halfway sensible, (laughs) halfway fun, and we will certainly wrap again soon. In the mean in between, thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.